Okay. And the three, and the two, and a... Hey there, welcome to Playbook Daily Briefing, and happy Wednesday. I'm Playbook Editor Mike DeBonis, and I'm here with Playbook Reporter Eli Oaken. Hey, Eli. Hey, Mike. And we're nearing the end of the year here, and it means it's big spending bill time on Capitol Hill. The Senate introduced a 4,000-plus page omnibus spending bill early Tuesday morning, and Eli's been very busy unpacking what's inside. Eli, what is the most interesting thing you have found so far? Well, you know, there's a difference between most important and most interesting. Obviously, there's huge amounts of spending in this bill for the military and for all kinds of crucial policy priorities that Democrats and Republicans spent a long time haggling over. But some of the really oddball, under-the-radar policy matters, I think, are the most interesting to kind of dig into. So the main delegation is very excited about a bill that got tacked onto the omnibus that protects their lobster industry, um, which environmentalists in Maine who are concerned about the right whale population are not so happy about. Yeah. So explain this a little bit. You know, I learned about this just a few, probably a couple of months ago when Jared Golden, who's one of the two members of the House for Maine, really criticized the Biden administration for this whale protection rule that basically has decimated the lobster industry. Why are whales and lobsters in conflict? So the question is how much the federal government can regulate lobstermen in Maine from using fishing lines that can sometimes entangle right whales. You know, activists want the government to be able to protect the whales more, uh, and the lobstermen want less regulation, and the lobstermen want out. Yeah, it came down to the whales versus the lobsters. Well, I should say the whales versus the lobster men, because the lobsters are certainly not winners right. in this the, scenario either. <laughs> the lobster men said that their business was at risk right. if new regulations went through. And this is a you know one of those circumstances where it helps to have an influential member of Congress or influential delegation. It seems by all accounts, Susan Collins, the senator from Maine, she's made this a big priority. The whole delegation has really, and it made it into this big bill. Yeah. And with a bill this large, you know, it's more than 4,000 pages. It's $1.7 trillion in spending. A single delegation or even a single member of Congress can not only get a provision inserted, it can also get one killed. And that happened with a lot of other interesting priorities that we saw omitted from the bill. So there was a bill that a lot of American veterans were pushing to help protect Afghan evacuees now in the United States from being deported when temporary protections for them run out next year. But Chuck Grassley and a few other Republicans in Congress opposed the provision, and it didn't make it into the bill. Right. Some of the other things that were being really closely watched that didn't make it, there's a bipartisan marijuana-related bill that has to do with the banking system and allowing the growing legal marijuana industry to basically use regular banks and accept credit cards for payments and things like that. That didn't make it either. Right, Eli? Right. Yeah. Cannabis advocates wanted all kinds of marijuana reforms to get passed through Congress this year, and their hopes were narrowed so thoroughly that all they were advocating for by the end of the year was this pretty targeted reform aimed at the banking system. And ultimately, congressional leaders and top appropriators decided not to include it. Just to understand like why all of this sort of comes down to the end of the year, you know, these things sort of get called Christmas tree bills because they get passed like right around the holiday season. And then you hang on all these other unrelated bills that, you know, they've probably passed the House, but it's harder to get a standalone bill through the Senate because four time is, is precious. And if there's any opposition, then it can be bottled up pretty easily. 
some of these things are really small. Like there's this tax avoidance scheme that's kind of complicated, these conservation easements that basically wealthy people use to avoid paying taxes on some of their assets. That got sort of added in at the end. Right. But then there's a waiver for athletes at service academies to play professional sports. Anything else that really caught your eye? This was kind of interesting because, honestly, it was a policy area that I had never thought much about before. But our colleagues on the Politico healthcare team have been writing about a plan to allow the FDA to regulate the cosmetics industry much more than it does currently. The last significant overhaul of cosmetics regulation in the United States came 84 years ago uh, in 1938. (laughs) And advocates have been pushing for this to get included, and it did end up making it into the bill. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the money. And like the top line, it's $1.7 billion. There was a big fight, as you mentioned, between Republicans and Democrats was how do you split that between defense spending for the Pentagon and non-defense spending, you know, for the rest of the federal discretionary budget. And Republicans sort of argue they won that fight. You know, that's Mitch McConnell's big sort of retort to all of these conservatives who are complaining about why are you guys working with Democrats when we're about to take over the House? What's his case there, Eli? Mitch McConnell would say that Senate Republicans got their way on military spending, and I think a fair number of Democrats would agree with him on that. Um, Dick Durbin was not happy about how the ultimate funding levels played out between defense and non-defense spending. McConnell argues that accounting for inflation, non-defense spending will actually decrease with this new spending bill. And McConnell and his allies in the Senate do not want to see the government shut down. Their top priority in the spending bill is a significant increase for the military. They got both of those wishes. And, you know, I think McConnell's world thinks that they're doing Kevin McCarthy a favor, even though he publicly criticizes the omnibus and says he'd rather wait for the GOP House majority to pass a spending bill themselves in the new year. The Senate Republicans are removing a potentially big headache for House Republicans. Yeah. And I would add just one more thing that's a big Mitch McConnell priority that was added, and that's additional aid for Ukraine, military aid. And we've certainly heard a lot about particularly conservatives in the House trying to scale back the U.S. commitment to Ukraine. That's in. Yeah. Advocates of greater U.S. aid to Ukraine can breathe easy that they got this secured before House Republicans complicate the matter next year. Yeah. And finally, just to update this process, so the Senate is going first on this bill. They're working through it. They took a vote Tuesday afternoon. And the big drama right now is, will anybody hold it up, keep this from being sort of processed in a timely manner? And what are we hearing, Eli? There's a band of conservatives in the Senate who always argue against rapid passage of these massive spending bills. People like Rand Paul and Mike Lee have already criticized the process They say it's ridiculous for a bill of several thousand pages to be rammed through so quickly without members of Congress to really have the time to go through it with a fine-toothed comb. Mike Lee, in a series of tweets today, he called it an act of legislative barbarism. But it's not totally clear whether those words will translate into action. Schumer and McConnell are certainly broadcasting that they would both like to get this through quickly, especially because a winter storm is coming in and they want to get everybody home to their corners of the country. I will just say legislative barbarism, great name for your metal band. So just a free idea out there. Thank you, Eli Oaken, our intrepid Playbook reporter, for joining us today. I'm Mike DeBonis. Thanks for listening to Playbook Daily Briefing. 